Welcome to another episode of Vlogger. With you tonight is Devin, and uh, we have a special guest, possibly a new co-host, Andrew, also known as Scotty. Shotty. Scott Shotty. Yeah. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, man, where you come from on the uh, globe here on the internet, I'm usually known as Shotty, old high school nickname that stuck. Uh, those that know me personally, it's Andrew Shot. Been doing uh, Linux various things for, oh God, good 10 years almost now. Like all good young men, I was always into gaming. And uh, so it's just a natural fit that I get on a Linux gaming uh, podcast. These days, play just about any type of video game that gets put out on it. Enjoy it. Alright. As you know, we haven't done many uh, longer episodes. So, we figured on top of this episode, we can give you some other good content by uh, telling you about some other podcasts if you didn't already know about them. Yes, definitely. We'll keep you guys busy if you're not busy enough already. First one I'm going to talk about is the Linux and Tech Show. I don't understand who listens to this stuff. They just fart into their mics and... I hear it's a cesspool. It's all satanic uh, worship. But in all seriousness, these guys have been putting a show together for years. And I've been listening for... I guess it's been two years or something, a long time, and they've always put out good content. Uh, it's definitely a great place to check out. Great podcast. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of the best Linux uh, shows that I've heard thus far, and I've tried out quite a few. Uh, yeah. In all seriousness, if you're looking for good uh, Linux content, uh, they're the guys who go to first. Yeah, and Dan, the uh, founder of Logger, I guess, uh, he is one of the co-hosts there, if you didn't know that. Uh, Very true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's also the Linux Action Show. Uh, these guys are relatively new. I mean, not new to Linux, but new to podcasting. Actually, they might have had podcasts before this, but I don't know. <laughs> In either case, they don't have many episodes out yet, but every episode I've loved. They, they're really enthusiastic about Linux, and they really love what they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're actually uh, as enthusiastic as an understanding, but they love doing it. You can just tell it by listening to them. Uh, they're real passionate about what they do, and uh, yeah. it's very good listen, very good listen. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were hosted on uh, Link's Link Tech Show, uh, what, about a month, two months ago? Yeah. Yeah, it's, they're ex-Mac uh, developers and users uh, switching over into the Linux realm and loving it, <laughs> put it lightly. Yep. Also, if you are new to Linux, there's a great podcast put together by uh, our friend from the uh, Linux Link Tech Show forums, uh, Chess Griffin. He does a podcast called Linux Reality, and it has to be the best new user Linux podcast I've ever heard or listened to or yeah, he went and sat down and just broke down every concept you could have issues with and just laid it out there for you. You know, hooking up a printer, getting on the internet, you know, what a desktop environment is. Yeah, he uh, must what, spend hours researching this stuff. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Well, then again, he is a lawyer, isn't he? And uh, they have different brains. They're able to do things different than us normal people. Yeah, read long documents and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and use those big, long words. See, I think over four letters for me is pretty hard. You know, beer, <laughs> fart, porn. <laughs> yeah, he has a great podcast, and if you're new to Linux, definitely check it out. Uh, and uh, someone from the uh, last podcast, we last logger episode, uh, Zach, has his own uh, Linux gaming podcast now. LinuxGames.com podcast. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you should definitely do that. It's it, it's very good. Yes, an excellent supplement to our show, which is, of course, uh, much better. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, seriously, uh, they're uh, on episode three, maybe up to four already. I'll have to check my RSS feed to see if uh, they've put out a fourth yet. But uh, very good content. Very good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, uh, Gamer Radio. They're a general gaming podcast, but a few episodes ago, they've done a bunch of Linux content, and uh, 
Zafan was on there, I guess, a long time ago. I'm not sure what time frame that was in, but supposedly he was. Uh, and C4 is on there, and he's he's always on the IRC. And uh, if you don't go to the IRC, you should. You have no excuse. <laughs> well, I guess you just slapped me with that one there. I haven't been in IRC <laughs> in ages, period. Uh, any of my IRC channels you still live in. <laughs> go to the linuxlink.net pound logger or pound tech show most people hang out in the tech show one because we are lame <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna change that though yeah it's only uh, Dan and me in there right now <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> you can see how lame I am I haven't even set up a uh, IRC client on either of my machines that I just set up yet that probably means you have a life <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Not the kind of life that I was hoping for. It's mostly work, sleep, work, sleep, occasionally see the kid on the weekend, then go back to work and repeat. <laughs> what other podcasts do you listen to? Well, uh, just to keep it on the entertainment uh, level, uh, if you're excluding all the Leo Laporte stuff that I got in here, uh, and the uh, obvious logger and links like textual stuff, and the others that you had mentioned... Uh, I figured if you haven't checked out uh, NPR's uh, list of podcasts, definitely do it. You've got a link to, uh, in the show notes, your gaming one called Press Start, which uh, is just a regular group of guys uh, just talking gaming. Uh, last episode that I listened to was uh, them getting their hands on a Nintendo Wii and loving it. Uh, they had a few shortfalls that they uh, brought up, but if you listen to it, you'll see what they mean, and... Uh, it actually means anything to you. Um, Sounds cool. Yeah, it, it, they got a good uh, lineup. Uh, I know on iTunes it's not showing every episode that's available, but if you go and actually grab their real RSS feed, they've got like a dozen shows or so. I've been listening to them since uh, March, I want to say, and I had to play catch-up on a few episodes when I found them back then. They do like one a month, I think it is. So they've been going for almost a year, if not. That's cool. Yeah. Um, then, just totally off computers, uh, there's a gentleman uh, that's writing a novel. I guess finished with it and doing segments of each chapter as a podcast. This book is called The Heretic and loosely based on the whole uh, Templar Knights uh, from history being brought into present day. So if you like some of that like Constantine-type action, that podcast would definitely trip your uh, trigger. Getting pretty far into it by now, I would say if it's not two-thirds away through the book, he's got a really long, like, Stephen King-sized book coming our way. <laughs> so he does, like, he reads off the book over the podcast? Yeah, just like you'd want out of, like, a good dungeon master in D&D. He actually will try to get into each character's role and try to change the voices up a little bit. That's it's an entertaining podcast. It's That's really neat. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, that's one of the first of its kind. I mean, well, that's free, too. I mean, yeah. uh, you get a lot of the you know, Audible stuff out there, but, no, you know, no. you're paying and you're kind of getting a different type of thing, whereas here, some guy wrote a novel. Instead of just trying to sell it out on the bookshelf, he's giving it away in audio audio format. So yeah. let's see how it pans out. Uh, he's mentioned earlier on, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe I write it on his website, but uh, he's got a couple other books in the works that he's pondering at doing this way, and uh, I wouldn't mind sliding him, you know, like 20 bucks or so for access to a feed, if it's as good as his uh, Heretic uh, cast. Yeah. That one's pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's about 10-15 minute segments. Uh, I think they're up to 20 segments now, so... Yeah. I'm sure everyone's heard of the 2600, the uh, hacking organization. Well, there's two different uh, podcasts that they do. Uh, basically, whatever time slot you're looking at that they actually do broadcast over their radio station. Got off the hook and off the wall. Once you get past any political differences you have, it's actually a quite entertaining show. Uh, a lot of good, thoughtful things get brought out, you know. Uh, sometimes they really don't express in entirety what they really feel. They just keep throwing things at you, making you think. And uh, when you work third shift, you need to think every now and then. Otherwise, you fall asleep and get fired. <laughs>
<laughs> so I love having this one handy for that reason. It really makes you think. Uh, I think the latest real good one was when uh, that one gentleman at the uh, Hope Conference got arrested. Well, you know, uh, at first nobody knew what the heck it was all about. You know, what did he get bagged for? And then as things started coming out, it's like, hmm, you know, but... I heard about that. What Did they actually uh, find out what it was? Um, well, the gentleman was uh, doing a seminar, for those that aren't aware of how simple it is to dig up dirt on people just by having their name and one of their basic pieces of information. And the gentleman had volunteered, this is all volunteered to be the guinea pig, gave him his email address, I think his home address, and his full name. And this gentleman that was doing the research, I'll have to pull up his name for you, was able to get every little piece of information. I mean, where his brother was working, everything. Uh -huh. Well, found out, though, that someone had stole his identity in, uh, this, well, this was 10, 15 years ago, and has been using it ever since. Well, that person apparently was being uh, investigated by the government and being put through, like, witness uh, protection program or something. And so when he was about to bring out that information, it was going to compromise this whole separate case, and they wanted to shut him up uh, with regards to that, so they had to arrest him on that. Wow. Yeah, we haven't fully got all of the information, but from what was able to be disclosed, that was pretty much the gist of it. Yeah, some other podcasts, uh, there's a KDE radio, although they haven't done an episode in like several months. But they have some good interviews, different developers from various areas. Uh, Twat Radio. Oh, how could I forget that one? Yeah. That one's excellent. That one's excellent. It's uh, supposedly a daily uh, podcast, although uh, it's kind of hard for some of the uh, uh, content producers to uh, get it every day. Like, they have a uh, like switch up every so many days. They do one, but it's hard for about a lot of people to do it. So they haven't been getting it every day, but most of the episodes are still really good. You yeah, you're getting a couple a week usually. Uh, I think they did have that one uh, couple-week hiatus uh, a few months ago, but uh, for the most part, they're putting out several episodes a week. Lots but of good the, content. Oh, tons of great content. Uh, but their initial uh, goal was to try to just do daily. Now what they're trying to do is get it to where you do like an episode every couple weeks to a month. And if there's just enough people to keep filling in the content, just do one show a month. Yeah. Uh, if you have technical skill in anything, whether it's, you know, fixing cars, building radios, blowing up TVs, <laughs> hey, record a show, send it in. Uh, I've got five on the back burner that I just got to clean up the audio recording uh, of or just re-record. And uh, I'll be a twat supporter as well. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm sure uh, most of you have probably heard of Hack 5, but if you haven't, it's a great uh, video cast. Let's see what else is in here. Well, uh got the Geek cast uh, that Aaron Krakow does. Uh, why I remember his name and not the guy that got arrested is beyond me, but <laughs> <laughs> he's got a uh, rather, uh, well, started out being more Mac-centric, but definitely did hit all three OSs, you know, uh, Linux, Windows, and Mac. Right now, he's trying to rotate around, doing a Mac thing, then a Windows thing, then a Linux thing, then maybe go back to Windows, then Mac, then back to Linux. Little basic things. It's about a 20-minute podcast for his long one he does each week, and then he's got a shorter one that he uh, flips out, which is primarily just news. But uh, basic formats, news, uh, something new, and then some tricks you know, on something. That's cool. So, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, definitely grab uh, the... URL that's going to be in the show notes will have uh, his uh, yeah, all of these website. Will, all these will be in the show notes. And then, uh, you know, you can just peruse through the uh, old shows. Uh, there's probably something that will help you out because he's got over 100 episodes now. There's a few that uh, helped me out that I didn't even realize, you know, and going backwards, uh, catching up. That's a bad habit I have, you know. Find a new podcast, it's up to like episode 4,800,010. Yeah. I got to go listen to every single back one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, in his case, I thought it was worth it for me, at least. Uh, I would say go through the show notes and make a decision yourself, but definitely start listening to that fellow. He's got some good stuff. Uh, let's see. I also listen to The Wire, although that's not uh, Linux. It's all about uh, the Wii, mostly. I mean, they have other news, but 
for the most part, it's about the Wii, because I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Well, I think most people are turning into Wii fanboys, even if they're not just Nintendo fanboys. I mean, there's a couple guys I work with that uh, never owned anything besides the original Nintendo and maybe a Game Boy that are just willing to run over their mother just to be able to go to the store and buy a Wii the <laughs> opening day. It's just amazing yeah. how much uh, support they were able to drum up, which is some creativity and uh, loyalty towards their uh, supporters. It's just amazing. Yeah. As long as they don't have a, a game drought like they did the DS, like a couple yeah. months after, then I think they're they're going to make it up there. I don't know if they'll be the top one or the second to top, but they're definitely going to be doing good. I, I find it hard that they couldn't at least make it a very tight second place because Sony and Microsoft are saying, yeah, you know, uh, Nintendo's going to be a great second system. Well, if everyone has either a Sony or an Xbox and then goes out and buys a Wii, Everyone's got a Wii. Only half the population has a Sony or a uh, Microsoft unit. You know, it's just hilarious. You know, it's just like you know, by accident, they're going to be number one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I guess only a couple others. Linux Cult. I haven't gotten an update from them in a while, but like two days ago, I did. I don't know if it was my RSS feeder acting up or what. So they might be dead. They might be alive. But uh, still, check them out. Because they do have some good shows. Yeah, I don't know if you've been having the same issues I've had, but a lot of RSS feeds haven't been uh, pulling through correctly on any aggregator that I have, whether it's on uh, Linux, Mac, Windows. Uh, I've been running into issues with some uh, specific feeds. I haven't really had too much trouble. Maybe I have, but I just don't know it. <laughs> well, see, at first of those, it was just uh, me, but uh, you know, then I went and tried it out on other machines and. Uh, yeah, I mean, major ones were not pulling through correctly. Good half of them were uh, puking out with some goony error that, of course, Google never heard of. So I guess it didn't exist except for in my little alternate reality. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm sure it's probably still going. Uh, I'll just give it a day or two. Uh, it looks like the uh, Lin the Linux cult uh, is only a forum, unless <laughs> I don't know how to navigate, <laughs> which could be possible. <laughs> But all I see is a forum on the uh, linuxcult.com. I don't know. Something to check out. And if uh, any of the listeners know, uh, please send us your email. Uh, logger at the linuxlink.net. Uh, let's see. There's also the, the, the Source Show, uh, which is a video cast. Uh, and they, they've put together some really good content. I think last episode they did some uh, Sinalera uh, content, and that was really, really useful for me. Uh, the only other one I listen to is uh, Digital Life TV, and that's another great uh, video cast. They do it uh, two times a week, put together by uh, two old tech TV uh, Tech whatever. TV legends, legends. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's where it got to just by now. Uh, yeah, that's uh Oh God, now I'm having a brain fart with those guys. Robert Heron and uh, uh, Patrick Norton. Patrick Norton, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to almost scroll down a good third of the way. And if, you, if you've gone to their site, you know what I mean. They're, they're packed on their main page with information. I'm yeah. like four episodes back before I got dude's name. Sad. <laughs> yeah, they have some uh, some really good content. Like, and they they do have a lot of Windows programs and stuff. But uh, every episode is interesting for me. Oh yeah. Well, at least when they do go Windows-centric, it's for a reason. You know, uh, it's the latest and greatest video game or, you know, whatever. Because they will go and tout uh, Linux and Macintosh uh, software and equipment uh, yeah. as often as they can. Yeah, it's usually because people write in and say, I need something that will do this on Windows, and then they'll provide answers and stuff. And it's pretty funny at times. Yeah. Oh, they got, they got a good show. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check those people out. Uh, any Since other? you reminded me. 
Yeah, since you remind me with DLTD, I almost all forgot about all my video casts I got. Uh, Cranky Geeks. Oh, is, with, that, uh, is that good? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, John Dvorak, he heads up a bunch of other cranky geeks as well that uh, just rant and rave about various topics. Usually they're pretty good as far as, you know, provoking intelligent thought instead of just, you know, whining and complaining. They take all of the major issues throughout the previous week uh, and uh, discuss them. I think it's another Zip Davis uh, production, just like DLTV. Yeah, I think so. I guess next we'll uh, talk about the uh, remakes that you want. Yeah, I found on uh, LinuxGames.com they've got a uh, a remake uh, thing that they're doing uh, pull it up again. Basically, they got a uh, contest for uh, who can do good remakes, and uh, we've got all of the contest winners and uh, submissions on the website. Uh, the URL will be listed in the show notes, but uh, yeah, the one that caught my attention was uh, for those that are really old-school gamers that had a NES or Commodore 64 or something of that era, Goonies had a really fun game that was... Uh, brought over to NES and C64 in particular, that uh, this group uh, redid. Pretty fun. Pretty fun. Uh, if you haven't played uh, in an emulator, the uh, original one, grab this remake. Pretty fun. Now, are, are all the uh, games that are made, are they all free? That I saw, yes. Uh, although I did see some tools that were listed in there that were, uh, I don't think, free. Usually professional means some sort of dollar amount. There was a uh, uh, basic programming language kit that had a, a standard and a professional that I didn't look at in depth at all, but they had won prizes, and I'm assuming the professionals going to cost something, kind of like uh, real basic, real basic. Real, yeah. yeah, it was something similar to that. Uh, let's see, I'm pulling it up right here. Dark Basic, it's called. Uh, professional Box Version. So, yeah, that one's a commercial one. But they've got uh, a lot of stuff here uh, from between free and uh, non-free. Like I see the GP2X. That's one of Dan's favorites, I know. Uh, that was listed as a first-place winner. Uh, they got a USB dance mat, which I'm sure is a uh, DDR uh, hack. But, uh, yeah, they got it all uh, over the place, from actual games to sound stuff the video, ton of stuff to go through, ton of stuff. But, of course, the reason I even brought that up was the awesome Goonies game. You walk away from this podcast and you're done listening, Goonies, Goonies, Goonies. <laughs> In fact, go to Best Buy or CompUSA or whatever, go buy Goonies, just so that you can get in a proper mood to play the video game. Do they still sell it? <laughs> I hope so, because I'm thinking we should get sponsorships from some of these people. No, do backwards talk, you know, backwards speech stuff that supposedly makes people go subliminal and go do things that we tell them. My goonies. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that uh, they're redoing that I haven't had a chance to go through that I do want to. I'd say it's about 50-50 between uh, development tools and finished products. Uh, in my spare time for the last couple of weeks, I've been... Uh remaking a computer for a friend. I like building it up from uh, my old motherboard and other various parts and I'm putting uh, Linux on it. And uh, I've been showing him Linux and how to use it and the Skull of Doom and <laughs> Control Out Escape. <laughs> uh, what uh, distro did you choose? Uh, I chose uh, SUSE Linux 10.1 Mostly because uh, I figured they probably couldn't handle Gen 2 at this point. Oh, God, I'm a veteran, and uh, I only got Gen 2 to work once. Yeah. And I also think uh, the Gen 2 2001.2, which was like their first release or so, or maybe second release, every attempt since then I failed miserably, so I just <laughs> kind of like bow my head in shame yeah. and walk away. <laughs> but I, I also remember uh, back in the old days when I was on uh, dial-up, I remember they had a, a fantastic application to uh, connect to the internet. Like they had ISP listings, and you could select from that and type in your uh, username and password, and everything was all automated. 
Yeah, I got to say, I think Sousa was uh, one of the spearheads in developing it, but uh, the KPPP was pretty cool. Yeah. Back in the day, that was one of the lifesavers, and if you couldn't figure out how to configure WV dial, that's what you used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, so and since my friend is on uh, dial-up still, uh, that's that's what I chose for him. But uh, overall, he's he's very enthused about getting his new computer, which hopefully I'll give him uh, sometime this week. Uh, and uh, I was showing him some uh, games, and overall, he's he loves them. Like even they're not big World of Warcraft. They're not. Yeah, you know. Well, but, the thing is, is even those big ones are now starting to get working on here, but the free ones still are very competitive. Yeah. You know, as far as addiction level, I mean, I think. Uh, What's that? The Frozen Bubble it has to be the most addicting yeah. game, period, ever to grace the earth. <laughs> I mean, I know people that, uh, that are older, you know, that got to experience, you know, when they were young, Pong. You know, the actual hookup that you hooked up to your TV that just played Pong. Yeah. And how addicted they got to that. And you're like, damn, this is really close to being just as addicting. And I think that really shows to some of the creativity that uh, some of these Linux developers are starting to be able to throw out there, you know, stuff that'll get you addicted for days upon days upon days straight. Yeah, and doesn't require thousands of hours of development and... No. And, like, graphics cards that are $10,000. <laughs> right, and that's the thing. I mean, for just a few bucks, whatever it costs you to get online, basically, to download it, that's your entrance fee. That's it. Uh, you just need a computer, then, that can run the Linux amazing it's great uh yeah there's a lot of good games that are just like that it was insane how excited he was for planet penguin racer i mean it's just a simple game where you you're a penguin and you uh just race down a hill he got addicted for like an hour <laughs> and i had to tear him away from the keyboard well it's one of those games so i only played it a couple times and probably got more time in my life because of that but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that game is another one of those addicting ones. Uh, I think the two that hurt me the most in the past was uh, Frozen Bubble and uh, Neverwinter Nights. Uh, I've never tried the Neverwinter Nights. Well, I bought uh, a little after it came out, Neverwinter Nights, and I uh, expected to get the Linux version. That was taking a while. And after about four months of waiting, I gave up, installed on a dual boot window so I could play it, and... Uh, I got laid off a couple months later, and uh, for the first month and a half, the only time I left my room was to grab food or hit the bathroom. <laughs> it was wake up at 7 in the morning, play till 2 in the morning, go to sleep, wake up, repeat. It was bad. <laughs> Are they, uh, it was pretty bad. I know the uh, second one's coming out. and uh, Yeah, I don't know if we're going to be getting a Linux version, though. It's kind of iffy. I heard that they were uh, using DirectX, so... Uh, probably not, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have to see if I can uh, pry any information out of Transgaming, see if they're working with them at all, or if uh, they got any seeds that uh, work on the wine project to see if they can get that to work. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of iffy if they're going to even bother to port it with all of the problems they went into last time. Yeah. So, uh, so they're not going to ha have any support for the uh, original anymore? It's still going. In fact, uh, they just released another uh, commercial uh, module for uh, the original Neverwinter uh, a week or two ago. Oh, really? Yeah, it's still going. It's still going. Uh, mostly, I think, because it's so easy to create new maps, new items, new monsters, you know, modify what's already there to fit your needs just a little bit better. Uh, I'll have to give them a two thumbs up on creating an excellent uh, toolkit to make that possible. Uh, I had a couple buddies that are still playing D&D &D that uh, had pondered using that as their new medium for running game modules. Do it interactively through the computer, which I thought was kind of unique considering the tradition of being pen and paper with those folks. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, I haven't bought that new module. I only got the, the first two that they released that were available for uh, Linux as well. Cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sarah Brayton got an update recently. I think it's... Uh, let's see what version it's at. 
it's up to... 206-09-12. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, eight days ago. Uh, yeah, it's just about a week ago. Yeah. Uh, and they got some updated graphics. Uh, the uh, Mostly the new water scheme. Or layout or uh, graphics, whatever. <laughs> but it, it looks... Yeah, like they got some pretty phenomenal uh, graphics in here. Uh, for those that aren't aware, it's nice. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Well, when I first got to introduce to it, was uh, when it was still uh, just Cube was around, yeah. and uh, I was really impressed with that. I had uh, got it installed on uh, my other laptop that I got that's running Linux. Rushed right over to my one buddy's house, like, dude, this is available for every platform. You got to start deathmatching in here, and uh, he was impressed. Never got around to doing much deathmatching. <laughs> uh, well, for some reason, it's if it's not one thing, it's another. You know, someone forgets a power cord. You know, yeah. and we're all trying to set up our LAN parties. You know, oh, my monitor's broke now. Well, no, it's not. No, it is. No, it's not. No, it is. Mm -hmm. It's like, figure it out, <laughs> please. <laughs> so we didn't get too much gaming going. There's like four of us that were uh, having a pretty good time killing each other. But uh, that forked, and now you got Sour Broughton, which is even better. Think Cube 2. Yeah. I wonder why they uh, forked. You know what? I forget. I actually did look that up a while back, and it was a pretty straightforward answer. I, uh, let's see. Well, while we're talking on other things, I'll Google that up and uh, see if I can figure it out again. All right. But, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a great game if you haven't checked it out yet. I know we, uh, I think we talked about it, uh, one of the earlier loggers, uh, but uh, the multiplayer is Extremely fun. Oh, yeah. Especially the level design. Just, like, multiplayer level design. That's not something that's in most games, but it's, it definitely should be. Yeah, it's a, a real fun one. Uh, basically, uh, for those that aren't up to speed, it's uh, Quake 1 redone to have all the abilities that Quake 4 and Doom 3 have. They've gone past what Quake 3 is capable of as far as a technical level. Uh whether the maps and artwork support it, that's a different story. I think they're right in between uh, Quake 3-ish. you ask me, it's right around Quake 3 still. But uh, the capability is there to go much further. Uh, which means that if you have any artistic talent or uh, level designing skills, you can really go quite far with a free piece of software. Yeah. And I wish there were just more games that uh, were as fun and as innovative as Cerebrain. Because, I mean, I played even uh, Quake 4. I mean, it's a great game, but I like Cerebrain better. Yeah, you know, Quake 4 was good, no, don't get me wrong. I love it, and I kissed her butt by every game they've got just because they support Linux as hardcore as they do. Yeah. Uh, even if they came off a game that was called This Is Crap, and you just look at a picture of a turd. That's how bad the game was. I'd still buy it just to support it. Because they've really stood behind us, uh, Linux gamers, uh, 100%. They've released their old games, sourced to us to play with, hence how we got uh, you know, Sour Brat in there. Uh, yeah. Every time they put out a game on the store shelves, you can go on their website and download a Linux binary. And uh, I think that there's a lot to be said there. But... Uh, some of the things that were left out of uh, some of its commercial stuff is now getting put into the free version, and I think that's phenomenal. Uh, you know, some of the tweaks and hacks of what you know the regular grind really are uh, leaps and bounds ahead of uh, some of the usual you know first-person shooter crap. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, I know that Quick Three is probably the most. Heavily, like, has the most mods of any game that I know. Yeah. And so, uh, hopefully Quake 4 will be the same way in a few years. I think it will. Yeah. So, hopefully the communi community can uh, turn it around. I think they will. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of time. Uh, it seems as soon as the engine becomes no longer uh, profitable to sell, they turn around and quickly open source it. So... Yeah. Sure. Once uh, Quake, uh, well, the uh, Doom Three engine basically goes uh, out of style, uh, 
It'll get open sourced. I think it's awesome what IDE is doing. They're they're really helping uh, Linux gaming a lot. That, that that's something that not many companies have been doing. And uh, well, I think a lot of indie developers are starting to move to uh, supporting Linux. Yeah. Well, uh, generally speaking, uh, just out of honor, I think it breaks down to people will tend to buy uh, if it's a decent game, a indie game that's priced fairly. You know, just to help them out and show, yeah, there's uh, support there. And uh, whereas on Windows, you got a lot of options, yeah. and you can really get lost in the uh, shuffle quite easily. Whereas in Linux, you'll stamp out pretty well. Yeah, it's a great thing that we can uh, support both indie developers and they can support us. And hopefully, after a while, a lot of the uh, big commercial vendors will start to move over. Well, you can start seeing it already, uh, you know, a synergy is starting to form. Yeah. Where the developers are starting to get a little bit more comfortable starting out developing cross-platform and doing it right from the beginning. Yeah. And I think that'll start translating into uh, better things down the road. Because, uh, as we were mentioning, uh, the issues with Neverwinter Nights, some of it was brought upon themselves, some of it was not. Uh, some of the Linux community was not very friendly, but, you know, they didn't think ahead far enough when trying to create Windows, Linux, and Mac ports of the same game, but having to redo it from scratch almost each time. Uh, that's something that a lot of the indie developers are seeing right away moving past, and I think will help get back to the old school stuff that I remember growing up through, uh, you know, back on a Commodore 64. Most games were out on every platform. You know, you get it on your Apple, your Atari, Commodore, you know, everything. You know, your IBM, yeah. Texas Instruments, you know, anything uh, pretty much had most of the games out there. Uh, right now, that's not the case. I think uh, some of the programmers have lost sight of how to do cross-platform development. I think that's starting to resurface again. Yeah. Well, at the same time, it's also game development has become a lot more complex, and now we're doing C++, Java, whatever higher languages we are, and uh, they use the uh, languages like DirectX and OpenGL, and of course, uh, Microsoft has kept DirectX from us, so a lot of them are True. dependent on it, and uh it's it's a hard road to uh, to switch to a totally different thing. It, yeah, I, I would agree with that. But uh, you know, when you got things like WX uh, widgets, which uh, allows you to with very minor tweaks, you know, just you know, really low level stuff such as uh, you know, like you know, certain memory allocation and network stack manipulation, uh, real low level stuff like that. Uh, everything else is just a rebuild. Literally, uh, it can reduce a lot of work. And if you're new, okay, you got to learn DirectX, you got to learn OpenGL, or you got to learn, you know, whatever, like WX widgets. Or SDL. Your entrance fee is still pretty, yeah, or SDL, too. You know, the entrance uh, still requires a little bit of, uh, you know, learning and dedication. Yeah. And I've seen that a lot of the newer developers are starting to pick, you know, things like WX widgets and SDL, or even Python. I'm starting to see that becoming a lot more common for some of the simpler... Uh, applications. Yeah. Hey, that's cross-platform. That's what we've wanted for years. You know, stuff that just works everywhere. You know, OS agnostic, basically. Yep. Alright, uh, did you want to talk about, uh, Super Mario Brothers Chronicles? Yeah, uh, well, perusing, uh, Linux games, I noticed, uh, that, uh, Super Mario Chronicles, uh, is getting an update. I haven't played that in a while. Uh, so I grab that. Basically, uh, it's a clone, but not clone. Uh, it's more of like a derived piece of work of Super Mario World on the uh, Super Nintendo. If you go to the uh, website, uh, Secret Mario, it's but a Y, not an I, uh, dot org, uh, you'll see that the graphics look very much identical to that of uh, the Super Nintendo uh, Mario World. Uh, Gameplay is about the same. Same concepts. You got your uh, Yoshi type dude. Uh, Mario looks just like a the original Italian plumber. You know, uh, the pipes work the same way. Uh, the overworld map pretty similar. Got level editor, which allows you to uh, create or modify uh, the boards. So there's a 
growing community there, especially since I last checked it out, of uh, maps and so forth. Uh, it did change the uh, object of the game a little bit uh, to probably keep themselves off the uh, lawyer's top ten, you know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you go there, you can read up on all the little uh, nuances, but uh, it, it's a little bit more of uh, collecting coins than just making it through the board. I think Mario was the first game that I played when I was young, man, and ah, uh, so many good times. <laughs> yeah, that, that was definitely one of the more well-designed uh, games out there that uh, earned its place in everyone's mind. Yeah. You know, I think everyone respects that particular game genre because of how well Mario did it. You know, Sonic, great game, but not quite Mario. It just proves that you don't need tens of thousands of dollars and game development to make a good, fun game. Very true. Very true. Uh, All right, uh, did you want to talk about the, uh, the Sedega? Oh, yeah. Yeah. May as well bring that up now. Uh, get people thinking. Uh, for those that aren't aware, uh, Sedega had a flurry of people crying and pissing and moaning, and I think rightfully so, about them supporting EVE Online, and then less than a week after them announcing support, it promptly breaking. Uh, what Transgaming went and did was uh, enter in an agreement to get the uh, source code for uh, EVE Online and uh, added support while a new patch came out that was forcing uh, Windows 2000 and XP compatibility only, dropping Windows 98 and uh, ME. Well, that caused a major problem that wasn't initially seen. Transgaming guys basically did the hard work for CCP, gave them the fix, and now two weeks after the fix was handed over, the Linux users still can't play. You know, uh, I think this goes back into the old argument of, uh, is wine helpful to Linux gaming? Well, this takes a new twist. We fixed the problem for the Windows users, which was a Windows bug, it just wasn't as prominent. That also affected, you know, the emulation in uh, Sedega. Gave it to him, handed it to him, and we still are sh shafted. What's your opinions there? Well, the uh, last I checked, they just put into the beta server the fixes that Transgaming gave uh, CCP, the authors of Eva Line, the other day. But I still can't play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, and I'm paying monthly for both of you people. Mm -hmm. One of you did your job. The other one didn't. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, just for those that aren't aware, if you go over to uh, uh, transgaming.org and hit the forums, uh, the top two, three threads in EVE Online are uh, with respect to this. And basically, once you get, uh, launch EVE, you get to your login screen, Type in your login and password, and that's where hell begins. It takes you minutes upon minutes upon minutes just to get to your character selection screen. And then once you get to that point, uh, playability goes downhill very fast. Uh, basically, if you're not sitting in the station, you're suicidal or just insane because uh, the graphics issue that's there has something to do with the uh, redrawing and refreshing. So... You go from what would normally be, you know, 30, 40, 50 frames per second, smooth, no issues, to maybe a quarter frame per second, very choppy, you know. Typing characters becomes an issue. Yeah. And, you know, and to me it's like, you know, I've supported transgaming for a long time and really respect what they've been able to do, you know, make it very easy for people to uh, just go to the store, buy a game they want, and most likely be able to have some level of success getting it to work on Linux. You know, they do a phenomenal job with uh, World of Warcraft, you know, Steam-based games, a uh, you know, few other major ones that I don't play at all. But, uh, you know, when things break, usually within a day, tops, things are fixed. Well, this has been stretching out for too long, and they went and did all the hard work for CCP and still no solution. Just wanted to throw that whole dilemma out there and see what uh, the listeners have to say with regards to that. 
Yeah, so send in your emails to uh, logger at thelinuxlink.net. Uh, now, isn't EVE Online, is that a uh, uh, MMORPG, or is it... Yes, it is. It's uh, one of the uh, few uh, MMOs that are set in the outer space. They give you uh, free reign on what you want to do. Uh, the one thing that they claim to be unique on, and I think they're probably correct, is they only use one cluster of servers. So everyone's on the same world. Like in uh, World of Warcraft, you have your different realms, or however they call it, that you can join. But it's this segmented group of people that get to play together. If the other people that are on a different realm can't play against the guys on Realm A. Well, in here it's, you know, rather routinely, you know, twenty to 25,000 people consistently all in the same universe. Uh, and that's just on at the same time. I don't know how many subscribers they've got. They haven't released that type of information. But, uh, yeah, it's a blast. And uh, the one thing that they're definitely unique on is when you're training skills, it's real time. So if it says it takes a day to train, even if you log out, come back a day later, the skill will finally be finished. It's not like you have to actually be in-game hacking away or whatnot. Which, for people that are strapped on time, that's great. That's one of the things that got me uh, hooked really uh, early, where I can, you know, hey, I'm busy for the next week solid. And I'll just set a nice long skill, come back, and at least there's something done with the character other than me burning, you know, five bucks or whatever of my subscription, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, checked out X2? I started looking at it. It reminded me a lot of Eve. Uh, but at the time, I only had a chance to try it out on my laptop, which unfortunately runs an ATI chipset, which didn't have very good GL support. It was just puking left and right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I downloaded it on my desktop, uh, which has a good old NVIDIA card, <laughs> and uh, I just haven't gotten a chance to play with it yet. Yeah, I played with it. A little bit. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a massively multiplayer online game. No, it's not. It's but not? Uh, right. but for single player play, uh, it looked like it did a very similar uh, feel. Yeah, yeah. It's it. It looks really cool. Uh, I played it for like half an hour, uh, and overall it was nice. But the controls were extremely bad. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't comment on that because uh, I wasn't able even to go past the initial load screen. Uh, it just pretty much bogged down and locked itself up. I'm thinking it locked itself up. Uh, five minutes of unresponsiveness pretty much tells me locked up or pretty damn close to it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll get that uh, loaded up hopefully soon. Uh, play with that. And yeah. You can write up a review and compare it to Eve. So if I remember right, the uh, full commercial version of that isn't that uh, expensive, is it? Uh, it says 30 euros. It's about 30 bucks. Yeah, like 35, 40. I had a buddy that was out in uh, Germany and just came back, and uh, he was pretty much backing me up on the about a buck a euro at that point. I don't know if it's changed. Yeah, it was about that. It it was a little different, but not enough to make it that noticeable. It's not like uh, British pounds to dollar or even Canadian dollars to American dollar. It was a a lot less of a difference. But, uh... Other than the controls, the game was pretty pretty neat, but uh, <laughs> I just couldn't play it for that long because of the controls. I think if I could get hold of a a joystick or something that works on Linux, then I could. It'd probably be good, but uh, unfortunately, I don't. So if anyone wants to donate one, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to see. I was looking a couple uh, months ago when I started uh, yet once again emphasis on, again, working on my uh, PVR, uh, running Myth TV. Uh, I was looking for some wireless controllers, and when I uh, Googled uh, up stuff, it looked like most of the Logitech USB stuff worked fine, including the wireless ones. So. That's good to know. Yeah, uh, say just check out their website, find uh, something that fits in your price bracket, and just Google the uh, hardware compatibility on it. All right. The wireless one that I was looking at, I think the only thing that didn't work at that time was the force feedback, which to me, it's like, oh, okay, big whoop. Yeah. You know, out of all the things that won't work, this is probably the one I care least about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, uh, Nexu has got some uh, updates. Yeah. Yeah. uh, 
it's like about a week or so ago they released this update. Yeah, back on uh, September 9th, uh, so a little over a week ago, they uh, updated it. They're up to uh, 2.1, and uh, it looks like they wanted to get this out for a gaming contest that's uh, coming up soon. And uh, Germany, it looks like, pcmax.de, pc-max.de gaming contest. As far as changes, uh, they uh, added a few features, it looks like. Uh, looks like they fixed some team status and icon things, as well as uh, fix it uh, up a lot of little minor bugs. So it looks like if you're having any issues with uh, 2.0, things acting quirky or whatnot, uh, this looks like it cleaned up a ton of things. I'm looking at about a good 40 or so fixes or feature enhancements. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. Got pretty microscopic font size on my browser window, and I just got to scroll back and forth quite a bit. So let's head over to aliantrap.org slash nexuiz and uh, take a look. Yeah, that's that's definitely another fun game. Oh, yeah. Right up the same alley as uh, Sourbrot and Cube. Yeah. I like Sabrina a little bit better. That's yeah, I do too. I do too. Although the... Uh... I think the graphics on Nexus are slightly better. That's about the only thing I like more, is the graphics uh, seem to have been moving along a little bit better. But as far as the core engine, i got to give the guys over at uh, Cuban Sauerbrunn a huge thumbs up. They, they've just been doing a phenomenal job. There's one thing that always bothers me when I'm playing it. It's They have the, the cool glossy effect of the guns and everything, <laughs> but the hand is glossy. Yeah. It's, it's what kind of glove is that? I know. Must be some, like, Matrix uh, latex leather uh, glove or, you know. <laughs> they went a little over the top with the glaze effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think between that and some of the other games that are out there, I think some of the commercial ones are the worst in that area is the uh, lens flaring. Oh, yeah, the lens Just going way over the board. It's like, come on. Yeah. You're indoors. How the hell are you getting a lens flare? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, but what can you say? Uh, let's see, iTunes 7 came out. Uh, you know, even though I'm uh, speaking to all you folks on my MacBook right now, I have yet to really use iTunes other for uh, just downloading podcasts, and I haven't gotten burned at all with some of the issues people have had. Uh, have you run any issues? I haven't run it since three years ago. <laughs> I guess that'd be a negative. Uh, yeah, I got buddies at work that uh, ran any issues uh, with it, and it's like, well, wow, you know, wow. That's all I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> I think the really says a lot when you got someone like uh, Will Whedon, you know, uh, Wesley Crusher from Star Trek, updating, losing his entire library, and really before Apple really got on the ball and fixed that up, it took him. Bitching and bitching and bitching and bitching up a storm before they actually corrected his case and started going and starting correcting other people's issues. Uh, 7.0 wasn't quite as smooth as I think they had hoped. Yeah. The thought of every movie coming out for iTunes and, like, say they dropped the DVD format, that would... Well, the thing is, though, is I think there's enough people out there that could give two shits about what an iPod is and what it can do. They want to watch their movies on TV. They want to listen to their music off a CD or a radio. And until us young folks take over the world, uh, the older crowd pretty much holds those uh, philosophies, and it's not going to change. But I think the industry doesn't want it that way either. I think they like it the way the uh, CD, DVD way has been for all, all of this time. Uh, if you look there... How they treated uh, the new iTunes uh, movie store. None of the top-notch films are there yet. Uh, they're all over at that Amazon, which is a total blunder, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, the Amazon one, they did one thing right. Uh, the way they do it, it's all in Windows Media format. And you get a special one for your computer and another file for uh, putting on uh, portable devices. I think that one point right there works good. If you're going to restrict people from not being able to rip DVDs, then you have to give us an option to be able to put that content on our mobile devices. They yeah. did that, but this whole Windows 
media only bullshit. Just it's yeah. gotta go. Yeah. You know. Get some Fiora. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna complain if they do that. Go with Og and uh, Fiora for everything. Yeah, I, I doubt they. Oh, even Xvid. Even Xvid, I'd yeah. be happy with. I, I doubt they do Fiora, but Xvid is. It could definitely be a possibility. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, I just got two other things uh, on my notes here. Uh, we did get a uh, plain old vanilla wine update for those of you that uh, require that. I go to winehq.com for the latest one of those. Um, and then, uh, I know it's a bit older, but I don't recall uh, being brought up on this podcast uh, yet or not, but uh, Project Offset. I haven't even heard of that. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, put it this way. If you thought that, uh, like, Nexu is and uh, Sauerbraten had nice graphics, when they release this, which is going to be free, GPL it looks like, all line yards, uh, this is going to blow away that of the top-notch commercial software, like Half-Life 2, Prey. Uh, go and Google the video. Uh, let me see. Uh, it's just projectoffset.org. Oh, it's like a com. It's not com. They've got some uh, downloads that you can grab. The Sneak Peek 2. I've shown some people at work this, just to kind of drum up support on the fact that, uh, yes, open source kicks more ass and you've ever done in your life. <laughs> Check it out. Check out what we're able to do. And, uh, yeah, that's the type of model that they're looking at. Yeah, if you, those of you listening to it, quick pull up the website just so you can follow with us. The models look gorgeous. I mean, I don't know if it's just the fact that we're finally getting to that point, but, I mean, this isn't that far back from what, you know, some movies were putting out as their top quality special effects. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you watch the video, you'll see some uh, actual footage of what the engine is capable of real time. Uh, and you, your mind is just going to turn to jello, your jaw is going to drop, and you're going to go, I want this. Trust me. <laughs> Once the download finishes, you're going to want this. And uh, this game just looks phenomenal. And if they're able to get away with what they're trying to pull off, it's going to be f just fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Is this an uh, RPG? It's a first-person RPG. Uh, basically, I don't know if any of you guys uh, out there in the audience would call, uh, like, Heretic or Hexen, as far as, like, your mythological uh, type yeah. for shooter. Now add in, like, role-playing elements, you know, talking to people. There's an old one. I'm trying to remember what the hell it was called. Uh, Strife. Oldie but goodie. Uh, if you can get your hands on it, it's a little bit older game. I think it's from 95, 96. But uh, that's like an old version of this, where you had your first-person view, you had your weapons, you know, your swords, crossbows, chains, whips, potions, oil flasks you can whip. Uh, you had to talk to people to get information, uh, get access. You know, if you didn't talk to so-and-so, this person wouldn't let you in to uh, finish off your quest. But all combat was done in first-person mode. Uh, this is how this is going to be. Uh, possibly a third-person view as well. Uh, they really haven't specified anything with the third-person view, but if you watch the video, you'll see what I mean there. Definitely something to check out. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I pretty much blew my load for like an hour straight while watching this over and over again. It was just like, wow. Do they have a uh, ETA for this? I think they're pulling an id software on this. It'll be done when it's done. But uh, right. at this point, I would like to have it sooner, but I'll wait if need be because uh, this looks like it's going to be definitely uh, graphically there, engine-wise, definitely there. Uh, I would like them to clean up the storyline that make it you know top-notch. I'd like to see something that was like Neverwinter Nights quality or some of your you know classic Dungeons & Dragons and... Uh, Shadowrun-type module done. So I can definitely see this being one of those games that people call into work, call up, uh, use invocation, skip school, get thrown out of college for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely has potential. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're getting good press from what it looks like. Uh, I'm not seeing too much uh, as far as a uh, ETA, though. But this is under the GPL, right? What I'm gathering it is, yes. 
from what I'm gathering, yes, it's all open source. I don't know if it's necessarily GPL, but some compatible license to open source zealots. Yeah, hopefully I'm not wrong on that one. Yeah, hopefully I can find the uh, Subversion repository and compile it tonight. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm just quickly perusing a site to see if there's anything uh, that may have changed. Yeah, uh, they're just pretty much depicting what the uh, game is going to be as far as gameplay-wise, but uh, not much about uh, pricing or whatnot going to be still a lot free or what. Well, either way, I wouldn't mind dropping 50 bucks for this. If it ends up being free, I'm definitely donating uh, to this project. Yeah, definitely. I guess that wraps up another episode of Logger. Uh, thanks for listening. The uh, uh, closing music will be uh, music by uh, my friend Josh and uh, also my friend Sh- uh, Sorn. And they, uh, they're in a band called Sick. You can find more of their music at www.myspace.com slash mdsick. Uh, thank you for listening.